Hey there, and welcome to episode 120 of the Food Biz Whiz podcast. Today, I am joined by my guest, Delaney Vetter, a CPG communications consultant, to talk about creating consistent content for your brand. So we all know that it's important to show up online and in your subscribers' inboxes, but it can feel overwhelming and exhausting to constantly come up with fresh new ideas and to create eye-catching content and to keep all of your platforms up to date. In this show, Delaney is going to share her best practices for simplifying it all and focusing on the right channels for your brand. Let's get started. You're listening to Food Biz Whiz, the weekly podcast for everyone in the packaged food industry. Join your host, Allie Ball, to learn how to launch, grow, and scale your business. You'll hear real-life examples from her time as a professional grocery buyer, interviews with CPG experts, and listen in on actual client coaching sessions. Let's get going. If you love the Food Biz Whiz podcast, you have got to join us inside of Retail Ready with our fourth quarter cohort. It is time for you to take the leap. It's time for you to work on your business with our support so you can be ready to pitch to new wholesale accounts and land on more shelves in January when wholesale buyers get past the holidays and start to consider new products for their shelves. Don't have time to work on your business during this busy period? I get it. I mean, if we're being totally honest, there's never a great time to press pause, to catch your breath, and to make some changes. You have to make the time to do it. I know the time is tight, so we are doing something that we never do. No sales calls, no wait lists, no free masterclass, no back and forth emails about Retail Ready, and instead we are inviting you to join us today. Click through to the enrollment page linked in the show notes and get inside Retail Ready. We are ready to help you. Hi, Delaney. Welcome to Food Biz Whiz. Hi, Allie. Thanks for having me. I feel like it's been a long time coming for this podcast episode. Yes. Months and months and months of rescheduling, but we made it. We made it. Here we are. Okay. So you are a CPG communications consultant. Consultant, you help food, beverage, wellness brands get visible, help them tell their story, and ultimately help them grow, right? Yep. Tell me what that means in in real life. What does a communication consultant do and how do you work with clients? Great question. Um, obviously, the communications consultant is like the fancy LinkedIn word sure. that I use. Um, but in reality, what I'm doing with clients one-on-one is creating and implementing a PR strategy mm. to help them reach new audiences and have other people tell the world how great they are so they don't have to. Yes. Um, And then on the copy and content writing side of things, I'm working with them to find, tell, and share their story across Mm -hmm. different channels. So whether that's website copy, copy for social, blog, newsletters, that sort of thing. Um, So kind of just figuring out, it's all about the story essentially for both sides of that. Yeah. So in my mind, you're an excellent writer and you are excellent at connecting people. That's a great way to put it. I should say that. (laughs) You're like, all right, I'm getting something out of this podcast as well. Yes. Yes. Okay. So you are really this, um, this connector and and you are connecting brands with their, 
ideal audiences, maybe through someone else, like through yeah. a publication or through, you know, a social media channel or whatever it is, but really that, that wordsmith who creates the connections. Yeah. Hmm. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me, um, we, we talked about this offline, but I want to reiterate it here. Tell me um, if you are taking new clients at the moment I, of recording, knowing this yes. might change by the time we publish. Currently, yes. Okay. Um, because I am a one woman show, okay. I keep my client roster pretty small, but I do have a couple spots left for PR clients and a couple left for copy through mm-hmm. the rest of 2021, early 2022. So awesome. that's what it's currently. Great. Okay. So let's, I feel like this is such a huge topic for our listeners. So many, so many of my listeners, so many retail ready students know the value of connecting with their consumers, know the value of creating content. But at the end of the day, it feels, it feels overwhelming, especially when you're in like the day-to-day of running your business. Can we talk about, let's talk first from a high level about why it's important. And then I want to talk about some of your, your tips for creating consistent content. Yeah. And so, I mean, I agree. I think something I hear all the time from clients or friends or colleagues is you have a million hats to wear all the time. And especially if you're not like a natural writer and that doesn't come super easily to you, it can feel like a really big chore, even if you know it's important. Yes. Um, even yeah. when you have other things that are more important, right? Like if you're, right. if you're like, okay, well, I have to execute this yes. production run. And in the back of my mind somewhere, I know like, I really should be posting on link, LinkedIn or Instagram, or I haven't emailed my news, my subscribers in months. All mm-hmm. of that's like going on in the back of the brain, but it just doesn't seem as important important in the moment, right? Yeah. Well, and it feels more like a should than Mm. like a must. Mm. And something that I like to think about with it is you don't really always see the value right right away. Like if you are trying to figure out something with manufacturing, you know, if it's going to work pretty quickly, you know, like that ingredient did not work in there. We're going to (laughs) scratch that and do it again. Yep. Um, sometimes with your content, what, whatever platform that's on, you might not see the like benefit and the reward Mm. and like it builds. So it can take a little while to feel that it's working, which can be frustrating if you're like, why am I pouring time into this when I'm not seeing the ROI? Yes. Yes. Um, but it's one of the most valuable ways to connect your customer because you only have so much space to do so on a package or, Mm on that little flap on the shelf. Yep. Um, there's probably a better word for that. A, shel- a shelf talker. That yes, thing. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are those called? <laughs> the little sign. Um, yeah. A shelf thing. talker. It's, it's yes. tiny real estate. Yep. Super small. And especially, you know, you have to put nutrition information mm-hmm. and you have to have mm-hmm. all of these, you know, compliant things yes. on your packaging. Yes. There's only so much space, especially depending on how big your package is. Absolutely. To tell them about your story, tell them about what makes your product different. So if I'm walking down an aisle in Whole Foods and there's 10 bags of popcorn, yep. I'm not going to spend all day. I mean, maybe I would because <laughs> we're different. Whatever. We're different. Um, yes. <laughs> but most people aren't going to spend 10 minutes, if that going through and reading like, oh, this is like a woman-owned company. Mm -hmm. This is a Black-owned business. I Mm want to support these brands. 
Like they, they're just probably they, not going to. No, so. they're, they want to get like in and out and they're recognizing <laughs> they're like IDing some brand that connects with them in three seconds on the shelf and putting it in their basket. Right. Right. I mean, my friends and I always joke that like, we we're not, I know you have a wine, wine mm-hmm. husband. I do have a <laughs> wine husband. Yes, I do. I'm like, we're not like wine people yeah. all the time. And so I pick my wine or beer 99% of the time. Cause I'm like, this looks really cute and cool. Or I've yep. heard about this brand. Absolutely. Um, so most people are like that. And with your content, on all the other platforms, you're able to almost have this unlimited space mm. to connect with and educate and inspire and entertain your potential and current customers. Yeah. Um, and so that's pretty amazing and pretty priceless in my opinion. Yeah. And it feels like if you're not doing it, this is going to sound dramatic, but if you're not doing it, it's you're leaving money on the table. It's such a For missed sure. opportunity. Yeah. And I mean, it's in you know, most intents and purposes free. Like yes. it's doesn't, cost if you're doing anything. organic, it is yes. free. Yep. Yep. If you're just posting on your Instagram, obviously, obviously there's like time and energy and all yes. other kinds of costs yes. and benefits there. Another story for another time, <laughs> but, um, or if you're paying someone to do it, but right. if you're just posting on your Instagram or you have a free newsletter platform and you're sending mm-hmm. emails, mm-hmm. that doesn't cost you anything. And so yep. why wouldn't you do right. it? Like, why wouldn't you give yourself the leg up against competitors? Yeah. And here's here's why here's here's what i know we're going to get pushback on it's because i'm too busy and it's yeah. overwhelming mm-hmm. so what do you do when people come to you and they say that like it's overwhelming yeah. <laughs> i mean usually people coming to me they're like hey, please do it right. do, <laughs> do it, it for me <laughs> yes. um but some people aren't first of all don't have the budget to yep. hire someone to do it yep or i've had you know clients before who they just feel really attached to writing yeah. their content Yep. And they don't feel like they might not feel like they have the time, but they also might not be ready to pass it off. Yes. Which I totally get because um, it's your business baby. And so yes. like, you want to have all hands on deck on everything. Yes. Um, but what I say is like, it doesn't have to be such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the like perfection trap mm-hmm. gets so many people caught up where they're like, well, I don't have like my totally curated feed. Yeah. On Instagram, or I don't know, like what's cool to post on LinkedIn anymore. Like mm. I don't know what people do, or oh, I don't want to bother people with mm. like email. Mm. Um, and so there's all these like beliefs people have about why things are hard, or why they should wait, or yeah. um, oh, I'll do it when I have like a budget to hire like a social media manager, yeah. or, like a copywriter. I need to do um, a professional photo shoot before I can yes. post on Instagram. Yeah, and like big fan of getting professional photos done. Sure. Love food photographers. Yep. Big fan, yep. but you don't have to start there. Like everyone starts somewhere. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't have to be this like big, scary thing and you can break it down. And you also like, I've talked to clients who are like, I spent like days writing this post and I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> oh my God. Um, we get that too. You know, yeah. <sighs> and I get it. Like it's stressful, especially, I mean, like I'm a writer. I've like done the journalism side of writing. And then now I like work with clients. And so like, I get it. Like sometimes you have that like writer's block or whatever, and you just cannot. Yep. But I think more than that, it's that people just overthink what they're saying when they just need to talk to their customer, Mm. like they would talk to anyone else about their business. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, breaking it down is really helpful and we can go into those. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me, tell me about breaking it down. So something that I like to start with, whether I'm just like doing more of like an intensive with a client to figure out how Mm -hmm. they can do it themselves Mm -hmm. or if I'm doing it for them is we're going to set the goals and then we're going to work backwards. Great. Because I mean, obviously you don't have to do that, but it helps a lot. So you kind of know what your target is. You're not spending way too much time. So for instance, if you really want to reach, you know, new buyers and new markets, maybe LinkedIn is a great place for you to go Mm. because you can kind of connect with them on there. Mm. Maybe if you want to get more kind of buzz around your business, maybe TikTok or Instagram. Yep. Um, And also knowing where your audience is hanging out is really important because I think a lot of brands are like, oh, oh, everyone's on TikTok. So I have to do TikTok. But if your audience is all like 40-year-old moms, I mean, I don't know what 40-year-old moms are all doing, but then most (laughs) of them are probably not hanging out on TikTok all the time. Right. So that's something important to figure out is just because everyone's doing it and because it's trendy doesn't mean it's the right thing for you. Um, so that's like a big part of that first step is figuring out the mm. goals, figuring out kind of where are we going to pour energy right now? And can I, I'll ask here too, like I often see people who are like, well, I should just be on every platform yeah. and I'll just cross post content or like, I don't have the bandwidth to do them all, but like I, I should be on mm. all of them. What would yeah. you say to someone who, who feels that way? I mean, I get it. Like, cause especially right now there's a lot of pressure, like, Oh, I should just be everywhere. But I would say, start with one, Yep. pick one that feels like the right thing for you. If you mm. want to be doing TikTok videos, keep in mind that takes more time than yep. maybe work on Instagram where you can have yep. reels and yep. static posts. Yep. Um, but, or you like almost only do your email list for a little while, yep. whatever works for you. Yep. Um, but then decide, okay, is there another one of these platforms that makes sense where our audience Mm -hmm. is hanging out that Mm -hmm. allows us to maybe reach a new audience, which we want. Um, And then that's when you can start recycling and repurposing content. Mm. Um, And the way I like to think of that, and maybe we'll get into that later more, but they don't, they shouldn't be the same exact post. They don't need to be like copy and pasted word for word. It's just, if you do a social media post about how great this one ingredient in your granola bar is, then expand on that and put it in an mm. email or vice mm. versa. Mm. Um, or just do it a couple weeks later. I think you've said this on a podcast recently, like no one actually knows every single thing you've r- written about. So no. capitalize on that. Totally. Or what we even find is I had a lot of hangups about repurposing content for a yeah. long time, right? I was like, I need fresh all new original. content, all original, all the time. And here I am, like, we're going into year eight of my business. And I'm like, to create content for eight years, like, there's we, not enough. Well, and at this point, we have a vault of content. I've said all the things that I can possibly say about getting on the retail shelf. And it's, it's really, it's such a lesson for me each time I repost something or, you know, a theme, you know, repost on a theme and people will say, they'll literally say like, Allie, I saw you post on this a couple months ago and I was waiting. Like I, I didn't save the post back then. And like, I'm so glad that you posted it again. Like I need, I didn't need the info then, but I need it now. I was like, oh gosh, like it takes the pressure off. No. And there's people like that who 
like, you know, need that reminder, want to see it again. And then there's the other side of the coin, which is people who like, not everyone's going to see every post or maybe right. they're a new follower. Right. right. <laughs> and you've like said what your like founding story was like last year. Yes. Some people don't know that. So like uh-huh. t- post that every single month. Like that's you such know, a great reminder. Yeah. yeah. And I think it goes back to or at least for me, what's coming up for me is that idea of like, oh, I don't want to bother people. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want people to feel like I'm just talking about, you know, my founder story over and over again or or whatever yeah. it is. But it's such a great reminder that not everyone sees our posts. And even if they see them, sometimes they're scrolling past or like whatever it is. Like yeah. It, and the people who care, like if someone is like right. really bothered, like, okay. Un, like they can uh, go away them. exactly yeah, unfollow like, it doesn't yes. matter it is um, you're, you're so right like the even when I post like my founder story or whatever um it is it's new followers who engage and also like my old like ride or die homies who are like mm-hmm. yes like I've been following story yeah exactly yeah. like oh like cheering for you seven years later like whatever yeah. it is it's so it's so lovely thank you for that reminder that it's it's not a big deal to repurpose stuff yeah I think I mean just in ge- like a general overview is like mm. none of it is as big of a deal as we think right mm. like yeah. says post- like, and I love this I love this Delaney like says the communications consultant that it doesn't actually matter that much no, like it's great and it's helpful. And mm-hmm. we talked about earlier, like all the things it can do for you. Yep. But at the end of the day, like it is one little blurb in hopefully like hundreds and hundreds that you're going to have across all your channels. Right. So if there's one post that you're like not super excited about, first of all, you don't have to post it, but also right. you're going to post something new the next day. <laughs> right. So, yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. So I heard you say, like, figure out what your goals are, who and who your audience is, right? And that's how you narrow it down to the platform to begin with. And you're like, okay, I'm all in. I'm going to post, like, my audience is on Instagram. I feel comfortable on Instagram. Like, that's where I want to focus my energy, Yeah. right? What so comes next? if that's where you're at, if that's yep. like phase one, yep. then what you'd want to do is kind of first figure out like what feels realistic for you, mm. because there's so many people that will be like, I'm going to post every single day. And then they don't. But then instead of just posting like two times, they're like, well, I'll start next week and I'll post all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So just figure out what feels comfortable for you. If you're mm. like, I can only post three times a week right now. Yep. Cool. Right. I would aim. I always say like aim for three at least if you mm-hmm. can, but like mm-hmm. kind of arbitrary numbers sometimes. Yep. Um, but if you're like gung ho and you're like, I'm going to post five days a week or six days a week or whatever, go for it. Just make sure that you know what, like what that means for you. Like, are you going to feel bad if you don't do six posts one week, you know? Right. Um, Right. Better to have the goal as of three. And then on the weeks that you post four, you're stoked on yourself. Yeah. And yeah, so that's a great place to just kind of level set with yourself and be like, Mm. what feels comfortable for me? Where do I, what do I have time to do? Mm. Because that is a factor, of course. Um, And then from there, you got to do the fun stuff. So what I say is what I like to do with first is come up with your three to five content pillars. Mm -hmm. Um, People call them buckets. I call them pillars. Same thing. Yeah. Um, come up with a cuter name if you want. Um, and I like three to five because I think it gives enough variability that you're not bored and your audience isn't bored, mm-hmm. but not like things coming out of left field mm-hmm. and people are just 
like confused. So um, how does, how does one choose their content pillars? So that will go back to kind of what are your goals with this? Mm. You know, who are we talking to? Who are we trying to reach? Gotcha. And your brand story and your brand mm. messaging, you know, mm. like if you are like a nut butter company yep. that uses organic almonds yep. and sources them in a very specific way and mm-hmm. is women owned mm-hmm. or whatever, like your kind of key things that make you yep. special, yep. you'll want to work those in there. But maybe there's an element where you really like have a really interesting team that you Mm want to highlight. So maybe Mm -hmm. you want to do how like internal kind of company culture posts more often talk about what it like to work there or you're really into the environment. So you want to talk about, you know, the environmental impacts of this versus this. Yep. Um, Do you just want to entertain them? Do you just want to make things Mm -hmm. that make them laugh? Yep. Um, Right. One of your pillars could just be like entertainment, funny funny memes, like funny things, like taking whatever pop culture moment is going on and like adding your own words onto it. Yes. Um, so that sort of thing is helpful, but, um, like for instance, if your brand is all about gut health, like that's something for you, you can break that into two pieces. So you could have Mm -hmm you know, caring for your gut in more of like a general sense that doesn't feel as like salesy. Mm -hmm. And then you can have another post that's like educating on specific ingredients Mm. in your product that help improve gut health. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the thing I like to think about is what are the things you want your customers or your audience to take away from your content? Yep. Three to five easy things. I've got a question here. Yes. (laughs) Should sales be a pillar? I wouldn't have it be it's like own, but I think it will be like an underlying thing. So for instance, that could be, you could have one of your pillars be like product highlights or product Mm. spotlights where you highlight specific products. Yep. You could have a pillar be founder story, Mm -hmm. talking about that a lot. Mm -hmm. You could have a pillar be recipes. If you have Mm -hmm. a lot of recipe content. That's amazing. Yep. Um, And it can all link like, or not every single post, but like it it all has that like underlying theme of like, here's the recipe that's coming up for, I don't know, use our nut butters for this uh, new year's dish. Yes, You can find us in whole foods in the Pacific Northwest. Yes. Like you can always, I always think of it as like your actual like post itself doesn't need to be like, Hey, it's me. Here's where you can find me. That could be a pillar for you though. You could have like new be a thing. Yeah. But your call to action is where you can have that, like, tell them what to do. Like go right. to link and bio to buy it. Yeah. Give us a review here. Like that is where you kind of guide your audience gotcha. of what you want them to do. Okay. Um, and the rest, or I always think like serve first, sell later. Mm. So you can like give them some value then you kind of tell them what you want in return. Right. right. I give you this. You give me this. Yes. You Look give this me your reci- money. Cute recipe for New Year's and yep. you can buy the stuff to make it right here. Exactly. Okay. So I, I can already see how this is reducing overwhelm, right? Because we, if we have three to five pillars, when we yeah. know that we have to post or should post, we can go back to the pillars rather than be like, now I got to pull some ideas out of thin air. (laughs) And like, what should I post about today? Yeah. No starting from zero. And I think a lot of people like 
that's why I think the pillars are so helpful. Like, obviously, like if something comes up, that's not in your pillars, like you could talk about it. Um, but I think it just helps kind of give you a little bit more focus when you're Mm -hmm. going to write content. Um, and it just feels like a lot less overwhelming to be like, oh, well, like, I guess I'll just post something random today because I don't really know what to do. Right. Right. Um, and then that's when you brain dump. That's when you like look at your pillars and you say like no perfection at all. You just write down like every idea that comes up, every type of post that you could do within Mm. these things. I like to do this on like a monthly basis. Okay. Certain kinds of companies you might want to work further out or less far mm-hmm, out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I always think a month is kind of a nice way yeah, to do it. It seems manageable. Yeah, you could do more, but who? Yeah. Some people just don't like to think that far. Anyway. Well, also, um, like, I'm just my brain's going to the math here, and it's like if I've got let's just say three pillars, and mm-hmm. I'm committed to posting three times a week. Yeah. That's twelve posts a month, and I literally just need four themes for each of my pillars. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So like, it doesn't have to be this like big overwhelming thing. You just brain dump all your ideas. Mm -hmm. Then you go through with like a highlighter, Mm -hmm. highlight your favorite ones or cross out the ones you're like, that was not, that's (laughs) not it. Um, Maybe for next time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'm like, Um, should I do a pillar on my dog? And then you're like, "Mm, yeah, actually. Yes, of course. Yeah. (laughs) If I were a pet Um, treat company, maybe. Right. Yeah, exactly. You might have like the puppy, like team puppies feature. Mm. Um, and then from there you sit down and write. So I like to say like, give yourself a day or a couple hour block Mm -hmm. once a month. Mm. Um, you could do it more, you could do it once a week, but, and just take those like post ideas that you highlighted and write them. Then you go back and refine, like, you Mm. know, then go back, spend an hour, go through, be like, all right, let's make this, tidy this up. Yep. Figure out what goes where. Um, obviously there's also an element of like you might want to have a like a master calendar with like big dates yep. for your business and stuff. Yep. Um, which can help you know what to write about which month. Yep. Um, and then if you have like a scheduler, like a mm-hmm. planally or later, then just put it all on. Plug it in. And you don't have to touch it the rest of the month. Like that's it. And then you're done. I uh, for our listeners who like are just getting going here. Essentially what you're explaining is like batching content 101. Love batching. Hmm. Please do it. (laughs) So instead of sitting down every day and typing out my caption on Instagram, on Instagram, if you're watching the video here, instead of listening to this podcast on a podcast player, I'm my thumbs are literally like (laughs) mimicking the typing movement. Instead of typing out my caption directly, like on the Instagram platform and like trying to do it all, you know, three times a week in the morning on my phone, I'm doing all of this ahead of time Mm -hmm. and, and batching these, the different components of it, um, to simplify that workflow. Yeah. And like, I mean, I know like sometimes you're just having a day where it's just not going to happen for you. Right. And so if you say you're going to post every Wednesday and you're just having a bad day, like, and if you already have that stuff ready for you, then yeah. all you have to do is either click post or it's already scheduled and you just have yep. to log on for like a couple minutes, go engage, go like check yeah. things out. Um, and it doesn't need to be such this like monster task. Yeah. Um, 
And then, I mean, it's just so nice. Like, it's almost like that thing where if you book a trip and you've already paid for it all up front, like you go on the trip and you're like, this is free. Right. And it's like the same thing with content, basically. It's like, oh, it's already done for me. This is great. That's a great analogy. Yeah. You're like, oh, this lovely trip is free. I I, I love that feeling. I can totally relate yes. to that. And that, that, um, I just, I like the way batching content and pre-scheduling it means that regardless of what else comes up in your day or mm-hmm. what else comes up in your week, your social media or your email, right? Same thing. Yeah. You could do that in like draft and pre-schedule all your emails. It happens. It gets published. Yes. Yeah. So like you could be having the worst week, like everything could be going wrong. You could have had, you know, a batch spoil. You could have had a buyer not want to yep. talk to you, like a recall, whatever. like all these things. Yeah. Anything or like a PR nightmare on your hands yep. and it like things keep moving forward. Yep. Um, which like, I just feel like that's such a comforting, mm. comforting thing to have, to know that things will be moving forward, even if yep. you might not be on yep. that day. Yep. We talk about that a lot in, in retail ready as well, even with the idea of, you know, with your sales pipeline or yeah. your direct to consumer newsletters, like sitting down once a quarter and drafting out four emails to your, you know, I always recommend one email newsletter to your wholesale buyers and a different email list to your direct to consumer You can mm-hmm. segment them from there, but um, drafting them out once a quarter and then knowing at least once a month, yep. some sort of email is going out. Yeah. They're ready. They're going. You don't need They're to worry going. about it. Absolutely. And you can always change it too. And I think that's something right. when I've talked to some people about batching, they get nervous because they're like, but what if something like changes? What if that recall happened? Right. Yes. And, and you're like, oh, shoot, we, we woke up to a recall yeah. and our social media post going out this afternoon is about um, <laughs> how our my the puppy patrol who loves our yes. pet food, right? Yeah. And so I totally understand that yeah. stress because I think that is kind of scary to be like you sure. don't want to be like tone deaf if things are going on in the world, mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. of all. I mean, we like saw the last we've we've seen that, right? Like yeah, a year and a half. It's yeah. like you you had to really pivot because yeah. you don't you don't want to be that person, even if it wasn't on purpose. No, um, those like companies who were posting about like travel and trips and getting together yeah. in, you know, late March, 2020 really did seem tone deaf. Right. Right. Maybe and that was pre-scheduled. Maybe, maybe it was pre-scheduled. Weren't, maybe they just didn't even think about it, but yeah. whatever. I would hope their team is smarter than yeah. that. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Like you can always switch it and yes. something that might feel better for some people too, is you don't even need to batch things with dates. If you don't want to, Mm. you could just like batch 12 or 20 posts. Maybe Mm -hmm. some of them have a specific date. Like there's a Valentine's day post or whatever, or something for a sale. Um, but maybe everything else can kind of be wherever you want to. So Mm. you can kind of play around and, you know, see kind of how you feel that day. Maybe, um, some, Something you're posting about you relates to something you want to talk about on stories yep. or something like that. So yep. you can move things around and you can also always unschedule something. Yeah. So if you have an email about how amazing your dog food is, mm-hmm. and then there's this recall on like sweet potatoes that are in your dog food, yep. just say, okay, we're yep. going to pull that Pause. one, archive it for a minute, and we can yep. redo it in a couple weeks if we want to. Yep. Um, we can write a new post if we want to talk about the recall, if we want to yep. acknowledge that. Um, 
So like, I always say like, it's planned, but it's not like set in stone. Set in stone. Like, yeah. You can do yeah. things around. Yeah. Oh, I, I think that takes some of the pressure off too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Not okay. Permanent. So you, you mentioned, I've got a couple of things that I want to talk about before we, we wrap up here, but you mentioned two platforms you mentioned later and planally. Are those your two favorite for, for scheduling or, or what do you I recommend like, for your, I, your most clients? of my clients? I recommend these later. Mm-hmm. Um, most of social media managers I've worked with who do the kind of day-to-day scheduling prefer that. Yep. That's what um, we use. Yep. It's just has way more like functional tools that can be helpful, I think. Yep. Um, and there's like a free version and a paid version. Yep. So you can pick. Yep. Um, maybe give it a try. And if you're like, oh, I'd actually rather post it manually, then that's totally yep. cool too. Um, but yeah, like it doesn't, nothing has to be fancy. Like you could also just batch everything in like Google Docs and yep. copy and paste every couple of days. So yep. we also do a fair amount in scheduled natively in Facebook creator studio yes. now. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we use it. I've Instagram. heard that's a good one too. It's well, it's, it's changing so rapidly, even in, I feel like even in the past few weeks, there were other updates to it. And, yeah. um, you know, we still, we post a fair amount on Facebook because we still have an audience there, but yep. it is, it is neat to see that, um, they make it relatively easy to post like natively in, in the app. Yeah. And I've heard that's a good one, especially if you, if Facebook is where a lot of your audience is hanging out. Um, and there are some of them, like, I know later there's like certain tools you can use if you wanted to just like cross pollinate. Yep. (laughs) Um, but if you want to kind of create like new posts, like if you want to adapt a post from Instagram from the first week of September to post on another channel, the first week of October, you can just go schedule those within. Yeah. It makes it really, really easy. So I'll go ahead and I'll link uh, later and planally in our show notes too, if people want to check those out. Um, And I I think you're right. Just having it. What I really love is having it on another platform means that anyone on my team can go in and look at the content calendar and see what's coming up. So if there were that recall, (laughs) we, or if we had something, I don't know, something, um, a global event happened and we wanted to make sure we weren't tone deaf, anyone on our team could go and log in and, and make sure that we've got the right, the right message. Yeah, that's super helpful, especially yeah, if you have like an assistant or mm-hmm. another person on your team, because like, let's say you're out of town or something, yeah. you don't want to have to be like, oh my gosh, how do you log in? <laughs> right. Instagram can be so annoying with like multiple yes. logins. Yes. Um, so that can be really helpful. Um, or even just to have like a master doc that says yeah. like, here, what posts are going, what day. Yep. Also a great way to do it. Absolutely. Okay. So the last question I have for you is, is this idea that, that I'm sure we have listeners. I'm sure, you know, there are people in our networks who are like, this all sounds great. Okay. (laughs) Delaney, like I trust you. I'm into this idea of batching. Um, but I think at some point, like I should, I, as the founder probably shouldn't be doing this anymore. Like this is not a good use of my time and my energy. So how does a brand know they're ready to outsource this? And can you talk through some of your thoughts on, on outsourcing social content or email marketing or whatever that, that digital stuff is that might be ready to hand off? Yeah. And I like, it's tricky, right? Cause you're, that's going from you doing it, which doesn't cost you any money to pay yep. someone else to do it. And that's can be stressful. And especially with food business, when margins yep. can be tricky sometimes, I get yep. it. Um, 
But a couple things you want to think about is your budget. Mm-hmm. It's really important to know yeah. right off the bat. Um, cause that'll make can a big you difference. pay someone, right? Can you yeah. pay someone and who can you pay? You know, like mm-hmm. you could pay an assistant to be posting for you and probably get away with not paying as much or hire an intern. Yep. Um, but if you want someone more kind of on like a high level strategy standpoint, like that will just cost you more money. Yep. So, yep. and there's such a big range in there. So it's just about finding like the person that can fit your budget and your needs. Yes. Um, we actually, there's a, <laughs> this is really funny. There's a student inside of retail ready and she has like built her career on doing social media management and strategy for yeah. brands. And she, and she's like pivoted and has um, a, a product and Amazing. she did a post recently that was on basically like, um, lamenting the fact that there are all these job posts out there. That's like, I'm looking for a social media intern and I want them to do marketing data analytics, uh, all the copywriting, all of the graphic design, all of, you know, on and on and on. And basically like asking these interns to do your entire marketing strategy. Oh, yeah. You're shaking your head on, I have so on, many thoughts. <laughs> on video I, here. I think you agree. And I get it. Like I had someone reach out to me and they were like, oh yeah, I'm looking for people to help with or help someone to help me with my content. And I said, okay, perfect. Well, here's what I do. Like yep. I do like the writing of the content, strategy of the content. And they were like, oh, actually we were really helping have someone do video editing, mm. photography, graphic design. And I'm yeah. like, one person, one person, <laughs> that magical unicorn who can yes, do it all for free. <laughs> so, um, I mean, obviously like I'm on one side of it. Cause like right. I'm a service writer and like, I work with lots of service writers. Yeah. Um, and obviously from a brand perspective, you want to have someone who can, like you have yeah. a budget, you want to have someone yeah. who can everything. But I think something to remember is like one person is not going to be good at all those things. Yep. And Even if they say they can do it yes, all. I can't, I could edit it. Right. Yes. But should I? No. Um, and so it's like really important to like, remember that there's a lot of value in people mm-hmm. having like specific expertise in different areas. Yep. But more, more than that, it can end up taking advantage of people too, yeah. who, especially like an intern or an assistant yeah. who is probably getting underpaid for yeah. the amount of work they're doing. Yep. And it just, it's not a great dynamic to like, be in. Um, so it's better to be like, okay, you know what? We don't need to outsource graphic design right now. We're going to use Canva. Like it's fine. Um, but we do need a video editor because we want to do these really amazing TikToks. Okay. Well then we're going to focus our energy there and maybe even intern who, you know, finds hashtags for you or schedules content. So just kind of picking and choosing a little bit more can really help there. And being realistic about like what you get at which, at what wage, right? Like it's, if you want to pay somebody $15 an hour, that's very different than paying someone $50 an hour or, you know, a monthly retainer of $4,000 a month, right? You get different things at all different price points. Yeah. You can't expect to have a director of marketing that or director of marketing type role that you call an intern. Like that's just not, not, it's not fair. It's not fair for anybody. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Um, but yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because that's like a big problem I see all the time. And I don't think it's anyone's fault necessarily. I think there's just like a lack of education on like what things should cost and like, what's the norm. And I think it's, 
you know, this is, I think there's something bigger about how we value social media skills yeah. um, and, and what, yeah, just how we value them, right? We, we think that it should be easy and cheap mm-hmm. and fast and all of these things. And it, um, at the end of the day, it is like a digital marketing strategy that requires very educated people to put like very potentially complex strategies in place. Yeah. There's a really amazing newsletter actually called mm. Link in Bio by Rachel Carton. She used to okay. be on Appetite and she was their social media manager. And I love it because I just like love reading about the stuff she writes about. But I also think it's helpful for food brands to read Mm. um, because she talks a lot about like what it means to value a social media team and what they can do for you. And I just I think it would be really eye opening for a lot. Oh, I'll add that to our show notes. Uh, Thank you for that recommendation. Okay, so. Budget. Budget. (laughs) So, so, So you start with your budget and then and then what do you do? So then if you want to look at budget, then yep. you want to look at bandwidth. Okay. So how much time are you spending right now on this stuff? Mm. And how much time can you spend on this? Mm. Um, because if you're not spending that much time on it and it's not like, like, okay, then like, maybe that's not that big of a deal for you to outsource right now. Right. Um, yep. And with that is like, how much energy is it taking from you? Yeah. I was talking to someone recently and she was saying that she thinks of her schedule not as what like do I have like time for right mm. now it's like what do I have the like, creative energy for mm. right now interesting so just, oh I like that I know I was like oh that's amazing I'm gonna steal that um but if you know that this is just taking all your creative energy away and you just yep. have like nothing else to put yep that's not doing, that's not a service to you yeah. because there's so many other ways you have to be creative in your business, whether that's, you know, recipe development, product development, all these other things. Yeah. Um, so if you're noticing, like you're feeling really drained with that mm. and it's taking a lot of time or, mm. and, or, and you have the budget to do it. Yeah. And if you're not excited about doing it, yeah. that's kind of when yeah. you should be like, okay, maybe I should start talking to some people and getting an idea of kind of who we can afford. Yep. Um, is it something we want to bring in-house? Do we want to hire a consultant or a freelancer to do this with us? Do we want to go to an agency? Because yep. all of those pieces will be different prices. You'll get yeah. different things. There's pros and cons. Um, but yeah, those are the kind of things that I like. Yeah. Think about. That's 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 smart. I love that. The the budget, the bandwidth. And then did you have a third B? I can't remember. No, it was energy. I couldn't energy. think of a okay. I was like, darn, I really wanted there to be. Yeah, yeah. Better. <laughs> mm. it, it'll come to me once we stop recording there, right? But I, I think it's so important to realize that when you're thinking of hiring, whether that's hiring internally or outsourcing or like whatever it is, that it it almost goes back to what you said at the beginning, Delaney. It's, it's like start with a goal yes. and then, you know, and then figure out your actions that are appropriate for that goal. Like you can hire any different support around social media and email marketing. Like if you can dream it, you can hire it, but it needs, you need to figure out what your actual needs are before you just post. Like I'm looking for a social media intern. Right. And like, yeah, what are the tasks you need them to do? Like, what do you expect them to bring to you? Um, Yeah. And like you said, like, There's so many different things you can hire for just within social media, let alone your whole business. You know, like if you're not spending very much time writing posts and you enjoy it, 
but you are doing all your own like accounting and bookkeeping <laughs> and like hate it and are bad at numbers, like by all means, hire an accountant. Hire the accountant. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, I can't agree more. I think it's, it's, it really goes back to that idea of working in your own zone of genius. Yep. And as soon as you've got the budget to outsource the like drudgery tasks, yeah. get them off your plate. Yeah. What's draining you? Cause you don't have, there's only so much energy and time you have in your schedule. So if you can get some of that back, that's really yes. nice. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast episode yes. on energy. So if I'll just put it out there, if you guys are listening and you're like, yes, I want to hear Delaney and Allie talk about energy and, and outsourcing and, and working in your zone of genius, send us a DM and, Anytime. and let us know. We would be <laughs> delighted to do that. Okay. Delaney, where can people keep in touch with you? How can they, how can they find out more about you? So on my Instagram is at Delaney Vetter com C O M M like communications. Yep. Um, my website's com. currently under construction, but oh. maybe it will be up by the time. This <laughs> Probably not knowing my track record, Yep. that sort of thing. Fair. Um, but they'll find me on Instagram there. Um, they can subscribe to my newsletter in link in my Instagram bio. Yep. I also have a freebie right now. That's yeah. like 30 content ideas for food brands, which Great. I did not do before, before this. But I, I, like, I love that. I, I think people can use all the help in content brainstorming yeah. that they can get. So we'll link that in our show notes as well. So thank you so much, Delaney. It was great having you on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me. This was so lovely. Of course. And thank you guys, our listeners. Thank you for joining us today. I hope that you were able to gain some insights on how you can make social media and email marketing less overwhelming and more simplified for your brand. Plus understand what it, what it takes to start outsourcing some of that support. So if you want to come and join the conversation, find Delaney's info directly in our show notes, or come and join our food biz with Facebook group, where we are continuing the conversation around each episode. The invite is linked in our show notes as well. So thank you as always for joining. And I will see you right back here next week. Have a good one. I don't like scare tactics as a way to make sales, but I do want to ask you if you are prepared to pitch to wholesale buyers come January, once we're past the holidays and they're ready to do category reviews and assess new products for their shelves. It takes a few months to get your pitch organized from redoing your sell sheet to dialing in your price list to sorting out your promotional plan to drafting and finalizing your sales pipeline. It's not something that you want to wing on January 1st. You don't have time for that. That is why we created Retail Ready, to give you the brains of the buyer and all of the tools and coaching and curriculum and community that will help you feel confident in your pitches, land on more shelves, and have a reorder process for increasing sales once you're there. We have supported over 1,000 brands inside of Retail Ready, and we are ready to help you as well. Like I said, no wait list, no sales calls. We are sending you straight to the enrollment page. Click through to the link in our show notes, read through, including that robust FAQ section at the bottom and find out about our money back guarantee policy and then get enrolled. We are so excited to welcome you into Retail Ready. Thank you for listening to Food Biz Whiz, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe so you never miss a beat. Hungry for more? 
check out www.foodbizwiz.com. That's food, B-I-Z-W-I-Z.com for detailed show notes from all episodes. Thanks again for tuning in and stay busy.